0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Punch It! Episode 58. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is...
1: Tristan Riddell.
0: Tristan, we have another week of new Star Trek Discovery under our belt. I just want to comment how exciting this is that we have Star Trek back on TV. We have an adventure every single week, and I don't know about you, but that just warms my little heart so much. (laughs) What did you think of the latest episode?
1: Uh, the latest episode i felt was very much on par with the previous two and that's a very high bar to reach because i loved the mid-season finale and the mid-season premiere and so this one was i felt like a little bit more subdued with the action but i think you and i were talking right after the episode aired and i was kind of just like "Ah, i don't know i felt like this was a little slower and you're like no 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 it wasn't slow it might have been slow with action, but it was definitely amped up with emotion and intensity. And I started reflecting on that. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. I feel like I was a little, I was so, I was still ramped up from the previous two episodes that it was hard for me to kind of go back down for this episode to really appreciate it. But after we talked, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, okay, Sh- Shar's making some good points here.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, I definitely felt like this was a much more emotionally heavy episode. And even though we're talking about new content, I'm going to try and stay as spoiler free and as general as possible, just in case, because the people who know what we're talking about are going to know what we're talking about. And if you're oblivious, so be it. Poor Michael Burnham. I'm feeling so hard for her right now. She is going through so much. All the things that she is facing. Holy freaking cow. I do not know how she's holding it together.
1: This is an underrated personal journey that we're experiencing with Michael Burnham because it's, for the most part, I mean, in previous shows, you have lots of personal journeys. That's the appeal of Star Trek. But you have like eight of them all together at once that you explore over seven seven years. This one, I feel like Michael's personal journey is at the forefront and the focus. and. Even though I myself have, like, have said previously, oh, is Michael really the protagonist? Is she not? I feel like they're spending more time with Lorca. And with this second half of the season, I feel like we're really exploring at hardcore and in a better way than what we did on the front nine. And it's very interesting territory for Star Trek because, yes, you know, like with Jean-Luc Picard, we had his... His episodes with the Borg and him getting out of that and regaining his individuality. And, you know, like with Janeway, we had her dealing with depression and trying to get her crew home. And with Cisco, we had him dealing with, the, with him being a religious figure. And, with the, like, these were all personal journeys. But this, I'd say that the Michael Burnham one is so much of a roller coaster. And I'm getting a newfound appreciation for it.
0: Nice. Uh, we're definitely getting a very intense... Narrative. And I do think that Michael Burnham is in the end going to be the hero of our story.
1: I think so too, because I'm still not 100% convinced that we're going to get Lorca in season two.
0: Right? I'm getting vibes. Yeah.
1: I want him to be in season two.
0: Do you? See, I think depending on how this all shakes out, because we're building in the intensity and it's just starting to teeter. Like if when you're on the roller coaster, we've been going up, 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 up. And now we're just barely on the edge where we're teetering over and we're going to plunge down in these last four episodes that we have ahead of us. Who knows what's really going to happen? It might be okay that Lorca is going to be out of the picture depending on if he goes, how he goes. Uh, and maybe that creates room for... Burnham to reascend in Starfleet who knows man who knows
1: well I feel like having a 2017 2018 TV mentality it's hard mixing that with old Star Trek mentality because you know like when you got a show like say you got Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, everything like that you were presented with seven characters you're like okay here are the characters we have these are the characters that we're going to follow for the for the show's run. Every once in a while you'd have a crew death like Jadzia or, or Yar or something like that or, mm-hmm. or Cass moving on. There was always one that that moved on.
0: Yes and it was always behind the scenes stuff that perpetuated that.
1: Yes, for the most part. Absolutely. For the most part. But with this one, because it's this is Star Trek in 2017 slash 18, you can't get close to any one character because that's where people are saying like, oh, it's like Game of Thrones in space. And because you never know who's going to die next. But the thing is, though, is that I still am holding on to that old Star Trek belief because I want <laughs> Lorca in season two. I want Ash in season two. I want Colbert in yeah. season two. I want all these people in season two because I want to follow their journey for years to come and we're not always going to get that.
0: No, you're right. And we are just barely scratching the surface of getting to know these characters. So yes, of course we're clinging onto them as hard as we can saying, no, 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 don't go. But honestly, there were not too many surprises in this one for me. I I knew Ash Tyler's true identity. I mean, they hinted at that more enough to where if you have half a brain, you can figure that one out. Oh, yeah. And then with the reveal of the Emperor, my dreams came true. It's who I thought it was (laughs) and hoped it was. So that was great. And it looks like we're going to see more of that next week. So I'm I'm excited. And I I just really hope that we don't have tons and tons of unaddressed loose ends because there's so much going on and we are running out of time.
1: Yeah, we only have, what, four episodes left?
0: Four episodes. That's really not that much, and yet it is. So depending on how explosive these last four hours are is going to dictate whether I'm going to be absolutely blown out of the water or a little mildly unimpressed and unfulfilled, honestly.
1: From a personal standpoint, I feel like we're finally getting the Star Trek show that we were promised yeah in this in in chapter at the very end of season one uh, chapter one and the, and the beginning of chapter two i feel like this is star trek for the new age this has a great mix of nostalgia and continuity as well as creating something new stylizing it on your own with you know within with a new sensibility and having true arc storytelling true serial storytelling, because Mm -hmm. you and I had a conversation on the show uh, weeks and weeks and weeks ago about how Discovery was not as serialized as we thought it was going to be, but I feel like we're finally getting there.
0: In hindsight, that conversation might have been a little short-sighted just because we had no idea the rest of the road that we're in for, and we still don't. So you know what's going to be really fun is when we're done with the first season, I cannot wait to binge on the whole thing straight through. Yeah. Because at the end of this episode, I just thought, oh my god, I want more so bad. I mm-hmm. was really super hungry for more. And you know what? There were times when I didn't feel that way about episodes of Discovery, but whew, the intensity has definitely kicked up a notch, and I'm very curious to see how everything is going to resolve or not, we'll see, <laughs> with this first season. So that all said, though, we have a bigger topic at hand than just talking about Discovery. We could do that all day, but SETI Alpha 3 takes care of that quite handily. We're going to go to our wheelhouse, one of our old mainstays. We're going to go trekking back to the Delta Quadrant and talk some Voyager. And if you're tuning out at about this point in our episode, hang on, because guess what? We're going to talk about sex. (laughs) And if that didn't bring you back, there's no hope.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, what we're talking about today is we're doing something that we, we haven't done in a little bit, but we used to do all the time on our old show. And that is we're going to be doing an episode rewrite of the episode Elogium. And what we normally do with episode rewrites is we find something that, you know, it wasn't the worst episode, but also wasn't the best episode. And I feel like Elogium kind of kind of falls in that route. And also uh, a side note, on the day that we're recording this, Is the 23rd anniversary of Voyager's premiere, and we just had to do something Voyager-related for this week's episode.
0: (laughs) We really did. It just kind of happened by coincidence, but here it is. 23 years ago, I can't believe we're that old.
1: It's pretty crazy because I remember <laughs> the advertisements for this. I remember oh, yeah. you know, like all the commercials and the the prep and the uh, and the anxiety of whether or not it was gonna be good and loving that we were gonna continue to have two Star Trek shows on the air at the same time. And I oh, remember yeah. being a wee lad when it came out. And <laughs> because I am thirty one now. And so that, that means that you know, I was I was quite young when it came out, yeah. but I was a perfect age to be jazzed about Star Trek.
0: Oh, we had no idea how good we had it. I was 13 at this point in 1995. And boy, I, I remember all that hype. I remember all the TV Guide articles, yes, Entertainment Weekly. Guide. Oh, I collected all those. I still have them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the heyday. It, there was just so much excitement behind Voyager and I still love it to death. So I'm always excited to talk Voyager.
1: Now for people who don't necessarily remember the episode of uh we, we always recommend uh, you know like going to Memory Alpha checking it out or watching the episode but of course we talk about it in a way so you don't have to do that and Elogium real quick is that is the episode where Kess thinks that she is going through an OCopan Puberty, where what happens is, is voyager uh, detects some strange energy reading surprise surprise and <laughs> what it is it's a cloud of space sperm basically
0: essentially yeah essentially it's it's
1: little animals that float around and they're looking for mates and they think that voyager is a potential mate and so it creates this weird man- magnetic cloud around the ship and it's screwing things up with the systems and somebody is particularly uh, um, affected by that magnetic field, and that is Kes. And Kes goes through a premature puberty because she's only one at this time?
0: No, I believe she had just turned two.
1: She just turned two. Okay, so she's two, and it normally happens at three or four. And so she's freaking out. She's like, okay, I can only produce an offspring once in my life, which is totally failed math, uh, because the species (laughs) would not survive if you could only have one child. We'll
0: have to talk about that later.
1: (laughs) We will. We'll get back to that. Put a pin in that. And so... You know, she's freaking out. She's like, okay, well, you know, like if this only happens once, I need to do it because I want to be a mother. I feel that drive. And she's like, okay, well, I'll just, uh, you know, like I'll produce a child with Neelix. Neelix is freaking out justifiably because he's just like, you know, I didn't sign up to be a father. I don't know if I'm ready to be a father. And they have this back and forth where Kes thinks he's being selfish and Neelix is freaking out. Then he goes to Tuvok and says like, oh, you know, like what should I do? And Tuvok says, hey, being a parent's pretty rewarding, but if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And Neelix comes around and says, you know what? I feel like I want to be a father of your child. And then all while this is going on, the, the Voyager and its intrepid crew uh, figure out what to do. They, they get away from the, from the swarm by using some uh, pretty cool tactics and teching the tech and sciencing the science. Uh, they get away and it's an awkward journey because a lot of sex puns are made. And uh, <laughs> Oh
0: gosh, yes. <laughs> and then
1: because of that, they, they move on, they get out of the cloud and Kes reverts back to normal. Is, didn't go through puberty, and the doctor says that she still has the opportunity to do it in the future. That it was a false elogium, and so everybody's happy. And there we go. There's the episode.
0: They lived happily ever after. The end. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot of sex in both the A plot and the B plot. Now, I definitely think that the Kess and Neelix dilemma. About whether to have a child or not is by far the more interesting aspect of this episode. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely. Like as I was going through it, as I was thinking about how would we rewrite this and what would we keep, what would we throw out, I feel like we can keep the B plot the same because that's the driving force behind it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I felt like it's it's not great, it's not groundbreaking, it's not even that memorable, but it is the vehicle that gets everything more interesting in this episode going. It can kind of just sit there as it is. We don't have to do anything. And if anything, it needs more sex puns. (laughs) Oh,
1: my gosh. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll come back to that.
0: Well, I mean, think about Tuvok saying with a straight face, I believe we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. I mean, come on.
1: That was a great line. But I think the only line that made, made me cringe, that was where I just kind of stepped back. And I was like, guys, that was super forced and not funny at all. And that was when Janeway Janeway went to Chakotay and said, oh, commander, if I uh, have any questions about mating, I know where to go.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, why don't you just hang out in the ready room for a little while and find out?
1: Oh, it was so forced. (sighs) And I was just like, really, really, guys? You're right. That one, yeah.
0: I mean, they were definitely playing with the Janeway and Chakotay flirtation there because Chakotay was ultimately the one who figured out how to, um, forgive the phrase, play with the space sperm so that they'd eventually go away.
1: Oh, my gosh. I very much was just like, you know what? I need to call HR. I feel I feel weird. I feel-
0: <laughs> <laughs> not comfortable. Not comfortable. And what
1: sucks is that Jacote is basically the HR in that department. He <laughs>
0: is. So you're talking to HR. He's not going to do anything about it. That's a bad <laughs> situation. Get out of there. All right.
1: Let's pull out the whiteboard and try to figure it out.
0: So... Kess and Neelix, if we're keeping the B-plot, does that mean Kess is going to still go through an early elogium?
1: That's the problem I was having because I felt like I really loved the premise of this episode. And overall, I did enjoy it. I do think it's a good episode. It just, I think this is actually the episode that got Kenneth Biller his spot as executive story editor. And because it was a script originally written by Jerry Taylor, and then Kenneth Biller was brought on, at least I think it was Kenneth Biller, uh, Kenneth Biller was brought on to kind of do a rewrite from her original script, and they loved it so much they're like, boom, you're hired. Please be the script editor, story editor. And so it has merit. It's good. It, it's just there was something there that was just, I feel like they could have driven it a little harder, a little farther. Yeah. And I think that's my main complaint, is that this one, this one could have set up some really cool lasting effects and it did for a little bit like with the Naomi Wildman storyline you know like we found out that
0: yes this was the episode we find out she's pregnant
1: that's right Samantha is pregnant with Naomi and so we're going to see that and like they set up the conversation of is this going to be a generational ship is it not should we let people fraternize should we let people have babies and Jane was like well we can't ask them not to and so I just feel like and I think that one major issue that people have with voyager is of course and it's been said thousands and millions and billions of times before is the reset button that a lot of people mm-hmm. hit the reset button and that it should have been explored a little bit more with relationships with babies with things going on and so i want to keep the samantha storyline but also at the same time maybe delay it a little bit set up the babies delay samantha revealing that she's pregnant and let kes go through with it
0: You really want to delay Samantha even further than she did because we're already into season two here. It's been several months.
1: Delay like an episode or two is what I mean.
0: Mm, See, I disagree entirely. I think that's one of the big clinchers of this episode is they're discussing this idea of possibly needing to become a generational ship. And then guess what? You have a problem because it's already happening.
1: So you, you think that like if we went ahead, if I, if I went ahead with the storyline of having Kes go through the elogium, actually finding a partner and producing a child or at least producing a pregnancy, you would be fine with saying, oh, Kes is pregnant. It actually went through. And then at the very end, button it with another pregnancy with Samantha. Don't you think that'd be a little weird in one episode?
0: Mm, yes and no. I wonder, what if we moved it up? What if Samantha reveals that she's pregnant at the top of the show? And that brings about the conversation, we already have an impending child going to be on this ship. We need to discuss the possibility that there might be more. And then, oh my god, Kess might need to get pregnant right now.
1: Love it. Love it.
0: Okay, we're going to go in reverse. Okay.
1: I think that's great. I think that marries the two ideas perfectly.
0: We start out, Samantha Wildman, do we find out that she's pregnant in sickbay? The doctor gives her the good news.
1: I think we follow Samantha and we think that it's a Samantha episode at first. We're just like, oh, this Ooh, is I like weird. That. we don't really know her very well. You know, we do the typical TV stuff where she's not feeling well, maybe she overslept, and then um she finally goes to sick bay and then that's where we reveal it.
0: Okay, okay. And then maybe we get a little bit of her backstory where we know that she's married and she and her husband had been trying and then all of a sudden they're stranded out here and then lo and behold, oh, guess what? Now you're having the child because that's how the universe works.
1: Now, what if instead of the audience finding out in sick Bay, we're all guessing, we can all guess that on what's going on, but we don't actually find out where the doctor says like, yeah, it's true. This is something you're going to have to deal with. I definitely recommend you going to the captain when you're ready. And then we find her, we, we go with her to the ready room.
0: Okay. That's going to have to be written carefully, of course, because TV loves to give away too much. You know, usually the woman passes out or she, yeah. in mid-conversation, has to run to the restroom and throw up because of morning sickness, something like that. That's just a dead giveaway. Oh, she's pregnant.
1: Right. Right. I want it to be something where she's just not feeling well, where it's uh-huh. not, we don't see her throw up. We don't see her pass out. We don't see her have weird cravings.
0: Ooh. What if she's just on the bridge and she just, she looks tired. She doesn't look well. And Janeway just says, why don't you go to sickbay? Not a whole lot is going on. Get yourself checked out. Maybe there's something going on with you.
1: I don't necessarily want to start with her being with Janeway already. I want to kind of Hmm. follow. We think it's a day in the life, but then it just goes, boom. Then it culminates with Janeway finding out. I feel like it's kind of a weird bookend.
0: All right. Or maybe it's not even Janeway's insistence. Maybe it's just Samantha... Like, I just don't really feel upped for a whole lot anymore. I'm really tired and lethargic and I want to find out why. So she goes to the doctor on her own volition and then, oh, okay, this is what's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like, and you can phrase the conversation between the doc and Samantha in a way where, because this is early doc, he can be somber and weird and have a bad bedside manner and no one would think twice of it.
0: It's absolutely true.
1: And so he could be like, "Yes, this is exactly this is what we feared, or this is what you feared, or this is what you suspected, or something like that."
0: <laughs> Cue the dum 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 music. Yeah,
1: something like that. Like this, this will be, need to be addressed, and you will need to inform the captain, or something like that. Like depending on, I like on, it. Like, depending on how it goes, or s- something to that effect. You know?
0: I like, it. I like the dramatic effect of you need to tell the captain. Yeah. Because then you just you don't necessarily jump to pregnancy. You think, oh, she's got something life-threatening happening to her. She's going right. to die, which is very typical of a teaser on Star Trek.
1: And then we have that Star Trek twist where it's just like, no, it's fun. Um, <laughs> with that, I think that's a great opener and cue the music. <laughs> and we can even start the same way where like Chakotay's walking around and he sees people fraternize. He sees people making out in the, in the turbo lift. and then he goes to Janeway and they have the same conversation except it's added with... Uh well you'll never guess what I just <laughs> what I just heard.
0: Yes, maybe yes, she's having uh, a discussion in the ready room with Samantha right before Chicote comes in.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: they have that discussion. So this discussion has to get a whole lot more serious if you ask me. Yes. Because the reality's here.
1: The logistics. It's not so much like, what are we going to do with these babies? It's logistically, what are we going to do with these babies? Like, do we need a nursery? Do, do, Like, where would we put the nursery? Who would run the nursery? And, you know, like, would people want to stay home? Would they want to stop being Starfleet officers so that they could stay home with their babies?
0: Oh, that raises a really good question. I mean, I don't even think they ever considered that at all. Although... If you're a Starfleet officer, I mean, Starfleet officers tend to be so loyal that, of course, they're going to be dedicated to Starfleet. They're going to drop their kid off at daycare and do their duty shift.
1: But not everybody's (laughs) a Starfleet officer. And even then. It's
0: true. The Maquis.
1: And even then, you know, like people who are dedicated to their work and dedicated to their job, when life happens, it happens. And they want to drastically change. So I feel like even Starfleet officers will have that question of, do I stay home? Do I not?
0: Yeah, do they dedicate themselves more to what will maybe eventually be a growing child population? Do we need to dedicate more people to things like growing more food and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Where mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, they're not necessarily directly running the ship at their station, but they're contributing in other ways.
1: And in five years, are they homeschooled? Do we have a classroom that we need to set up? These are all like these yes. are all kind of conversations that I think would have been cool to explore. And, yeah, and who's
0: going to teach them?
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What if, what if, let's change this. I feel like we're making the B plot a little bit more robust with the conversation. What if we get rid of the sci fi aspect
0: Mm.
1: where Cass actually goes through an elogium?
0: I like it. It happens early, still, it shocks her because that just does not happen. I like it. I mean, do we even have to explain why it does not happen? It just it just happens.
1: I think it happens. And I think I think uh, Star Trek fans would need some sort of explanation. And I think we could get away with something as simple as where the doctor even says, like, well, have you ever heard any case of your species being spacefaring? And they're like, long ago. It's like, well, did it have any effect on the reproductive cycle? They're like, well, you know, the records were lost. We have no idea. And the doctor mm-hmm. says, like, maybe because you're in a warp ship, you know, blah, 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 science, science, science for so long. Your body's adjusting and accelerating or blah, blah, blah. I don't know.
0: Oh, well, that... Yeah, if you tech that enough, I think that could be enough of an explanation to where you could write it off, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's just without like... Without needing it to be this massive component of the story. It's not this
1: big thing. It's not a driver. It's just like the doc saying, that ah, it could be this. I watched an episode of TV not that long ago where their daughter... Uh, this was just set in present day and, and their daughter had uh, went through puberty really early and they're like, what's going on? They're like, well, all the hormones in the milk, man... It's screwing up people's cycles. It's and true. so and then they moved on with it. And like that could be it. Like it, it's just a throwaway line from the doc.
0: All right. Now, elephant in the elogium room here. The fact that accompens reproduce only once in their very abbreviated lifespan and don't have litters of babies at the same time just doesn't really work in terms of population.
1: I think a cheat or at least an adjustment if we wanted to keep the, uh, the whole this only happens once is sometimes people have one baby. Some people have two. Some people have three. So one yeah. pregnancy doesn't always need to be one baby. And so that could get over the population issue.
0: Yeah, I kind of like the idea of bringing up that she, if she does get pregnant, she doesn't know if she's going to have one child or maybe five. Because right. it varies wildly among Ocampans.
1: I think that would be an easy fix that i think not a lot of people have thought about like yes one pregnancy does not always equal one baby
0: right so maybe she's dealing not just with the prospect of suddenly if i want to have a child ever in my life i have to do it now but i might suddenly have a ginormous family
1: right and how is that going to affect the ship would i leave the ship would i leave voyager would voyager want me to leave
0: what if yeah what if Kess thinks this is going to be too much on voyager's resources and she's willing to leave the ship. She approaches Janeway at some point and says, look, I know that this ship has finite resources and you've been nothing but good to me, but I don't want to be a burden and I'm willing to leave. So if you drop me off at the next planet and Janeway is <laughs> going to have to come back. No, 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 Kess, We're going to figure this out together. You are a valued member of the crew. Yeah, Janeway will keep her aboard. But I, I like that idea occurring to Kess."
1: i do too and i i like that she of course is thinking of others she's
0: because she does yes because
1: that's Kess. that's who she is and she's trying to consider she's trying to consider it from all angles and then maybe she even has that conversation that we get a couple years from now earlier on where she's like do i want to spend the rest of my life on voyager i've already you know like i only live nine years do i you know like right. do i want to stay here is this the time to leave
0: will her future generation stay
1: like, yeah, like, will my future generation stay? Will they have an extended lifespan if I have kids with Neelix? Where does that go? And, Vo- and when Ooh. Voyager picked us up, they didn't think that they were going to have to have a nursery for a bunch of alien babies.
0: <laughs> right, and something that had just occurred to me is the idea, I mean, Kes is only going to live another seven-ish years, supposedly. That's going to eventually mean that Neelix will be a single father. And I don't know if you want to get into that, but that's no. a big, huge problem possibly too
1: no that needs to be addressed and i think if this was made today that would be addressed because that should have been a a, a concern of Nelix where she he should have said well if we have children together i live 80 years you live nine will our child live 50 and if that's the case like uh will i be a single parent or will they be an adult by the time you're gone you know like what what is it gonna be
0: right yeah and Neelix might face the idea of being a single parent as well as a great, 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 great grandfather all within his lifespan should they go through with this.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so this is something to be toyed around with. And, you know, I feel like Neelix gets a little bit of a bad rap in this episode unjustifiably because there was a few times when he was... Like he had a little a little sexism at the end, and Tuvok definitely kinda realigned his thinking. So like he had Yep,
0: put him in his place. It was a
1: bad thought process, but he was open to being corrected. He was open to suggestion where he realized, Oh, that is very hypocritical thinking of me. I can I can raise a, a, a girl the same way that I raise a boy and I teach them the same things. And so I like that they had that, but also at the same time, he should be freaked out. This came out of nowhere.
0: absolutely plus if we're putting in the question of having multiple children that's yet another thing that tuvok can help him with because tuvok has several children
1: right right and that's a discussion that they can have that can actually enrich the later conversation that neelix and tuvok have where it's just like what's it like being a father what's it like being a father with lots of children
0: yes yes and neelix is just basically being slammed with the information that this is a possibility quite suddenly in his life. What in the world is he going to possibly do? If there's anybody who can help him think through this, it is Tuvok.
1: Absolutely. Now,
0: meanwhile, Kes, we've got to talk about what's happening with her. Her mind is exploding with all the possibilities as well in her head. Do we want to keep some of the more sillier elements, like she's eating dirt and (sighs) just eating up a store? Like, do we kind of want to keep that or... I mean, it, I think it starts out kind of great where she does have the massive food cravings and whatnot. Like that kind of makes sense to me, where if you're preparing your body to nurture a child, you want to give it as many nutrients as possible. But then it gets silly where it's like she has got to massage her feet and then like this, like this, I don't know, this waxy substance starts to appear and they have to be bound to that for 48 hours or whatever it is. It
1: was six days.
0: So it's something awful and ridiculous that does not need to happen in our story
1: well here here 's the thing i I liked how it started out too, and I liked when she freaked out with the mashed potatoes and the flowers and everything like that i I like that because it like with an accelerated lifespan you 're going to have accelerated caloric intake i think uh using star <laughs> Trek logic but instead of continuing with the foot massage and the tongue swelling and everything like that, I would like to see I would like to see it further i want to see her nest i want to see her where that's a part of her of her hormones is she needs to nest she needs to figure this crap out like she needs to figure out where the nursery is going to be she needs to figure out who the father is going to be she needs to figure out how voyager is going to handle it she needs to figure out how janeway is going to handle it and she needs to have those conversations where i want to see her be a little bit more active a little less passive where they kept her in sick bay but i want to see her go around the ship and i want to say like this is unsafe right here this would be a good room for the nursery this like i want to see her kind of take charge and be a little bit different from the Kess we know because she's going through crazy hormones
0: Yes, I love that idea so much. I love the f- idea of her planning things out and doing a lot of the work, even though she's not even technically pregnant yet.
1: Right, but right. But
0: she's the one who takes charge. And she's the one who's making things happen. She figures out where a good nursery room might be on the ship. And she maybe she brings even all of that to Janeway. And yeah. Janeway is astonished. In
1: pads that she... Yeah.
0: yeah, she has like a whole stack of pads to suddenly read and you did all of this in two days?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes,
0: I can't sleep. <laughs> you know, that sort she, of thing.
1: She's like jittery, like, yeah, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I was, I've been up for two I days. I love yeah.
0: that. Yeah, that would be so good. And we, I mean, Jennifer Lane, she was a perfectly capable actress. So you know, she would ham it up and, and do a great job with it. It would be entertaining and useful at the same time.
1: I have two questions for you. Do it. Do we actually make the Kess pregnancy happen mm-hmm. and... If Neelix is dragging his feet, does she say, fine, if you don't do it, I'll find somebody who will?
0: That is such a good question. Okay, to answer the first question, that is very tough. It depends on which time period you want to go with, I think. 90s Star Trek is going to hit the reset button. She's not going to get pregnant. She's going to lose her chance. Mm -hmm. So she's going to have to deal with the aftermath of that in a future episode. If we're writing it today, yeah, and we fully explore and see the possibility of this generational ship coming to light. And a lot of people wanted to see that on Voyager. Yeah. Uh, So that's how I see it. How do you see it?
1: To address, like, since we're still on first question, I would like to see it happen because I wanted to see more kids on the ship and and I'm not talking board board kids. I wanted
0: <laughs> I know how much you love them.
1: <laughs> I wanted born on Voyager kids.
0: Yes. I think we all did. That just would have made sense.
1: So I would like to see it happen, but here's the thing. Here are two possibilities. And you and you pick you pick from the two. Okay. One possibility is that it actually happens and we drastically alter the course of how the show goes. It depends on how this rewrite is. Do we rewrite it so it's all that it is, it's just a rewrite, rewrite that fits within the pre-established canon? Or do we rewrite it to kind of push a changing show forward? So here are the two ways that I'm thinking. It actually happens. It's one or two kids, but not more than that. And so maybe two kids, because that way it'll push the whole nursery thing forward. It's just like, oh, we're going to have a Wildman baby and two Kess babies. We're going to need something. We're going to need something and so that actually makes it happen
0: i like that it's just enough
1: now here is an alternate version where it doesn't happen they do hit the reset button only slightly Kess is completely forlorn. she feels horrible that she missed her chance because she very much wanted to be a mother and it kind of creates a divide between her and neelix even more so kind of begins the starts the beginning of a split between the two of them where she'll never mm-hmm. quite forgive him for him dragging his feet. And he she goes to Samantha and says, I miss my chance, but I want to help you as much as possible since you're alone.
0: Hmm. Well, that could have created an interesting relationship between Kess and Samantha Wildman. And then you have to consider, does Kess leave in this timeline or not? Mm-hmm. Boy, if I were writing it today, I would absolutely say, choice number one. We have to go through with this. We have to see this through. Mm -hmm. And two kids is just the perfect number along with Naomi Wildman. That way, because I understand, you know, the logistics of having kid actors on the set is not easy, that sort of thing. You don't want to have a ship overrun with children Mm
1: -hmm. and you're
0: not going to use them all the time, but it would have been very nice to have seen the logistics of this come to play a little more because that seems to me that that's just the way it should have happened. You know, humans are going to pair up and eventually many of them are going to have children. That's just the way it is. So that's life. That's how we keep the race going. So that just stands to reason that that's what would actually happen. But I also, I think if you are trying to maybe stay a little more on track with the canon, I love the idea of a very brokenhearted Kess having a little bit of resentment toward Neelix, which ultimately leads to their breakup. Mm -hmm. And then maybe... In another alternate uh, kind of future, Neelix has to find a way to process that guilt. What does he do?
1: You essentially did not answer my question. So,
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm,
1: I'm going to pick one to move forward. I say, okay. because this is our rewrite and we can do whatever the hell we want, this is our show, I say we pick it moving forward that Kes has babies and our future timeline is a show with a nursery and more kid activities and things like that.
0: Okay, all right. This does buck against our trend, by the way. We usually stay with Canon on rewrites, but you know what? Yeah. No, screw it. Not let's not do that with this one.
1: I think so- sometimes we do go outside. Sometimes we do say screw it. We'll we'll talk about what we want. But
0: we're really going.
1: But let's go back to my my second question. Do we have Cass give Neelix an ultimatum? And within that ultimatum, does she threaten to procreate or at least ask? to procreate with Tom.
0: Yeah. I mean, that whole thing is going on here right now, right? And this is before the big spaghetti fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could have add, it could add more weight to that, by the way. You know, I wonder if we ought to have a conversation with Tom and Kes where she's very frustrated with Neelix. She knows that she's running out of time. And he says, well, I'll donate my sperm if you want a human <laughs> donor. Where he just, he, its again, it's a friendship thing. He's willing to help a friend, even though there's some sort of possible behind the scenes mm. attraction going on here. But he just sees somebody in need. He's like, "Well, I can help."
1: What I would love to see is she's hormonal, she's angry, and she's fighting with Neelix. And she kind of says it off the cuff. She's like, "Maybe I'll get somebody else." And Neelix goes, "Like, who would you get? Huh? Huh? Would you, Would you get Tom? Would you get Tom to do it?" And she and she doesn't answer. She just kind of raises her eyebrows, and he storms off. Says, and then maybe I will. Yeah, a little bit of a maybe I will if you drag your feet. And then what if we have that conversation that you're talking about where Tom actually comes forward and he thinks he's being the white knight. He's coming in on his horse and saying like, oh, I will totally do it. And what if she just straight up smacks him and says, you're an idiot and then moves on?
0: (laughs) I could totally see that happening.
1: And proof that Kes was really never considering it, nor would she ever accept it with Tom. And really was just angry with Neelix.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, deep down, she does love Neelix. She does want him to be the father of the child. But ultimately, it's got to be his decision, too. Yeah. <laughs> he has to want to be a father. And that's a huge commitment. So, I mean, y- yeah, you have to make sure that we're portraying all the sides here. <laughs> where I love that we're going through his motions of uh, understanding the weight of what he's going through. But as well as her. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that, that really emphasizes the great idea they had here but they just didn't completely explore it fully now can we fit this into 45 minutes that's the big question
1: it'll be a jam-packed episode but i think i think we can and i would love to see the episode end with her pregnant and confirming that she's pregnant and neelix is the father and at the end of the episode they're converting some room that maybe we've never seen before into a nursery and that's the final credits
0: i, I actually kind of wanted to bookend it where we started with uh, samantha wildman finding out she's pregnant and then maybe at the very end instead of n- it's uh, not samantha coming to janeway and revealing pregnancy kes comes in yep i'm pregnant
1: <laughs> okay i like that better i like that better
0: okay there we go that's the episode
1: there you go folks
0: jam-packed and full of babies
1: now thank you so much for listening and uh, if you like our stuff if you uh, enjoy what we have to say please take some time and go to iTunes and write us a review. If you give us a 5-star review we'll mention you on the show but if you you can give us anything any star rating that you deem worthy and uh, if you want to check out all of our other episodes please go to the nerdparty.com/ punch it and if you want to contact us give us a show suggestion see if there's anything that uh, you want us to talk about you can go to the nerdparty.com contact select punch it from the drop down menu and fill out the form it'll send us an email and make sure to check out all of our other shows at the nerdparty.com you can also find us on facebook on twitter and on instagram we're all over the place and on every single major service on where you listen to podcasts and uh, next week i'm excited because it's not going to be a rewrite but we are going to punch it
0: Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.